Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphones are your hosts, Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Tigers Untapped, brought to you by Hoop City Basketball. They've been having summer camps all summer long if you got a little boy or girl ages 5 to 14 uh get them signed up their next camp is coming up the week of july 31st through the third it'll be at independent presbyterian church they got skills drills contests, and games expert instruction uh you'll get a reversible jersey and a camp certificate so uh get signed up go to bluffcityandmedia.co backslash hoop city and you'll get 95 dollars off your registration fee Tej. You going to sign up for uh, summer camp basketball? I'm not sure I am young enough. I feel like I'm perhaps out of the age range. Thank you. You were Hello. using, if you haven't, it does. We look like we're in studio, but we're not tonight. And to be quite honest, we've kind of forgotten how to do this on our own. We've had our man Definitely. Kenny behind the glass for the last like six weeks and <laughs> it took TJ and I a little bit, a couple of trial runs to get this thing going tonight, but we are live from the virtual Bluff City Media studio. Uh, I, Kenny is on vacation. Hopefully he's uh, drinking a dockside with us right now. Uh, TJ, we're rocking with the Memphis made dockside wheat ale tonight. Hold on, mine didn't open for some reason. What are you, are you prepping to shotgun over there? What are you doing? No, my my top broke. It didn't punch Ooh, the, in the thing. The, so now the I'm tab using broke a off. Wow. Yeah. We, so now I'm using a, an Allen wrench, a handy dandy Allen wrench over here to wow. make magic happen. Weak cans they got over there. Remember, is that gonna is that gonna take down your uh, your can rating? It, in that, it may play into it. I don't know. Probably mishandling. I'm so surprised you didn't do the honestly. old college. I'll call it bite the top off. You're not into that. Mm. that sounds awful of an idea protect the teeth i feel you mm. <laughs> well teach see this right now yeah it looks great fits in with the studio it does got the nice color scheme going teach we had massive news last thursday i'm so glad penny hardaway is our coach I'm so glad Penny Hardaway is our coach. Javon Quinterly, what we've been waiting for, finally made it official, committed to the University of Memphis Tigers on Thursday night. It was late, too. It was like 745 or something at night. Yeah. My God, Just randomly no, came in. Yeah, random, out of nowhere. Although if you're in the Discord, if you're not signed up, you would have known a couple of hours ahead of time. Uh, that it was happening on Thursday. So we knew something was coming. We just didn't know exactly when, but it came and it, it came nicely. I mean, you say a couple hours early. I actually tweeted out, you know, if you're in the discord, you would have got this a couple hours early, but in reality, like Hitman was telling us week at least. Oh, it was, it was end end of June, maybe two weeks. First of July. That we knew it was done, but I a couple hours early was we knew it was happening that day Thursday. Yeah. Um, 
But no, massive news. I mean, you got your point guard line, lined up right there next to Caleb Mills, exactly what we've been talking about, moving kind of Caleb over to the two. Um, I mean, it's big. That's big. Oh, it's huge. It, yeah. It, from a sausage perspective, I mean, we are cooking with sausage now. You're up to – sausage think it, power. I think with Quinterly, it, it makes you 37. But we'll say this. We've looked at it previously. Mm-hmm. You got one sausage link left to add, and we're going to the natty. You add that DeAndre sausage, and I'm booking a, a room in Phoenix. I don't know how else to tell you. It's happening. One one link is left, Teach. Yeah, I think you and uh, you and JT uh, Pittner, you guys are claiming calling for the natty already. I'm probably not there, but hmm. a hell Shocker. of a run, absolutely, a hell of a run, 100. percent Without question. Um, to note, don't know if you saw this, not long after he made it official, Mikey on his Instagram story posted a picture of him next to Quinterly and said, can't wait for this backcourt or something to that effect, which also is very strange, not just in the fact that we've uh, pretty much not guaranteed, but pretty much said, like, Mikey's probably not going to be here. You get your hearing pushed back to September after school starts, mm-hmm. and now this is happening. I, I mean, I know you thought it. I, I thought that adding Quinterly pretty much solidified that Mikey wouldn't be here. Yeah. So did the forty people on Twitter that that responded to that tweet. No one thought Mikey was coming. The moment you landed Quinterly, it's Mikey is. I don't want to say um, disposable, but like in a sense, he kind of was right. I mean, we were very limited with point guards. You had Quinterly, who's an incredible point guard. You already have Jalen young on roster. Uh, I just, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't really know where Mikey fits in now. So, uh, Quinterly is definitely the projected starter. I would be shocked if somehow he did not start. Actually, I just not even a thought process. He's there's no way that that's without question. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Did you something see something tragic would have to happen? But the other weird part about that, TJ, was he didn't even include Caleb Mills in that. He just said ready yeah. for excited about whatever, ready for this backcourt or whatever he said of just him and Quinterly. And it's like, what did Caleb Mills fall off the face of the earth? Like what happened there? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't I, I don't think there was anything like about that. I think it was just more so like, hey, we're the point guard type of situation. Where the part ones. of me is yeah, like uh, part of me is like did Penny tell him to just like keep posting and act like you're going to come and we'll, we'll go from there. Like, there's gotta Penny be told him, I don't think Penny told him anything. This dude's off his rocker. If he thinks he's still coming or maybe we're insane. I don't know anymore. I don't, I mean, I got nothing again. I would be absolutely shocked if Mikey Williams was here. Sure. Come basketball the, season. I think that's the job, but I guess crazier right things now, right? have happened. Yeah. Did you see this pseudo friend of the program, Evan Maya? Uh, has Is it Maya or Mia? I would have said Evan Maya. That's what I've always said. Times. I heard somebody say Mia today, but anyway, go with it as you will. Evan Maya or Mia uh, has the Tigers with the number three incoming transfer class, only I behind did, I, Florida and Kansas, I slightly above LSU. Texas Tech and Ole Miss. I seen that. Florida, I don't, I guess I haven't paid attention to who they've gotten, but yeah, that I'm, seems a little surprising to me. Um, also, 
notable, I didn't hear you say West Virginia. What do you mean? I just feel like one? they had – I'm just saying I was shocked that they're not up there. I feel like they've had uh, a good transfer class. Um, they were slightly behind Ole Miss at number seven, actually. Wow. Okay. So number three for the Tigs. And that is with what? We've had – is that not – I think they've got it down as nine transfers into the program so far. Yeah. Nine in, five out. Right? Those yeah. Those, but Yeah. Nine in, five I think out. That, that five out includes like uh, Jamar Young and or uh, yeah, that's correct. Does it? Well, yeah, <laughs> he's transferring out, is he not? I mean, but yeah, he wasn't really a part of the team. I anyway, mean, whatever. But that is I got me curious. Number three transfer I'm like class. Looking at Florida, I would be interested to see what. Uh, old statistician Maya's got us ranked just overall outside of you know, a transfer class period mm-hmm. um, because our boy, John Rothstein put out, he, he updates it periodically as things change. Obviously it's in the landscape of college basketball today and the transfer portal and everything it's fluid. Um, he updated and included us in his Rothstein preseason top 45 from unranked all the way up with Quinterly to 30th with the projected starting five of Quinterly Mills, David Jones, Nick Jordan at the four and Jordan Brown as center. Okay. Okay. With a disclaimer, I think that he's noted, he's obviously in tune with the DeAndre situation saying that that would likely make us a top 20 ish team. I know you saw the tweet because we both responded and said, uh, sausage maker says top 10, John. Yeah, we, you know, John's a nice guy. He, he he posts about Memphis quite often. I'm sticking with our boy at the sauce. He's a nice guy, but I'll say this. Penny's like one of the only coaches or Memphis period as a program that doesn't get a little uh, phrase, a little a key, a little slog from old John, and it rubs me wrong. <laughs> so, John, if you're listening and we know that you are, I, this is the year. Penny, we need Memphis it. basketball. We deserve that Rothstein slogan. Okay, continue, Teach. Are we going to be on a T-shirt? Can Rothstein put us on a T-shirt? I need to know. Like you and I are Memphis basketball. No, Memphis basketball. He always puts his little goofy sayings on a shirt. Yeah, I mean, I think if we get one, we deserve a shirt. What would our saying be? I don't know, man. I don't even know. It, it's there's a lot of options you could do. What is, do you think it would be? Like you that, think it would be penny related, or it would be like Memphis basketball? No, penny related. You gotta the marketing with penny. It just makes things easier. You gotta go with the penny. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be about penny too. So, all right, we have waiting on Williams. I, I guess is kind of where everybody is at now. You've got your point guard. Everyone's starting to slowly kind of show up. We'll talk about that in a second. But, I mean, the the, the difference uh, with and without DeAndre Williams on this roster is kind of wild. I mean, he's coming in for his fifth year. Um, solid team without DeAndre. They just I mean, I, yeah, get a little bit deeper the moment he comes on. Right. I mean, by all means, I want DeAndre. I wanted him yesterday. Sure. And I said it earlier in the summer, I've never wanted to see DeAndre commit dumb fouls in a Memphis uniform more than I do right now. 
but I would be fine with where we're at right now, to be honest. Sure, with that starting sure. five, I mean, that's that's a team that is very capable of, of making a run at the NCAA tournament. Second weekend team. Yeah, yeah. With Quinterly, Brown, Jones, Mills, T fell off the bench, Jordan, Pierre off the bench, Jaden off the bench. Like, I'd feel good about where we were at. Yeah, but obviously, I, I think DeAndre puts you over the top, puts you next level, like a true Final Four contender. I definitely think you're closer to a Final Four contender with DeAndre than without DeAndre. But I, it's not like a, a huge gap by any means. Like I, They're definitely going into the second week with or without him, right? I mean, the, the potential yeah. at least. Um, now, how that works all out with, with timing and who's going to play how many minutes, who's going to get pissed, I have no clue. That is one thing that concerns me with DeAndre coming back because there's a lot of mouths to feed. I can see do you think we're mad. already even without DeAndre coming back? Do you not feel like we're there a little bit right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, given you got David Jones, you got TFL Leonard, you got Jonathan Pierre, like, and that's not like we haven't even talked about it yet, but there's been a little bit of run, not from us, but from outside different people have been talking about like, does somebody like Leonard who hasn't, by the way, made it to campus yet, does he make it to campus? Is there a little bit where he feels like he's gotten over-recruited? You know, he turned down what I think it was a, a pretty decent offer from the NBL to come to Memphis, and I think his expectation is to be a starter. So is there any concern? Do you have any concern of somebody like Leonard potentially being like, hey, yo, this isn't really turning out how we kind of talked about it turning out. I, I'm out of here. There's always a concern. That's is that NBL of, is that NBL door still open? Oh, the door is probably still open. I, I just I'm personally not that worried about it, right? I think that um, let's say you don't get DeAndre for whatever reason, you still have Quinterly, Mills, um, some combination of Jones and Leonard. I think it's smarter to probably start Leonard over Jordan. I think Jordan is a solid player. Um, he sounds bad to say, but he's probably easier to hide. In, in the list of starters as opposed to putting him out there with the the, the twos necessarily and sure. uh, expecting him to commit, um, you know, to, to put up a lot of points. It's not really – he's not really the offensive guy. Um, Some would say that me, was more of a, a result of the system that he was in at Temple, though. Sure. I just – I don't think there, that you're there asking have been, him to go out and score like that. There have been some reports from what – now, granted, again, not everybody's there. I think they've been practicing with six or seven – but Jordan, from all accounts that we've heard, has looked very impressive. Shooting the well, basketball yeah. as a leader, like he's looked good. The one thing that I think Jordan can do for you that a lot of people aren't thinking about is he can be your backup five. Like we just we just did this with Chandler, right? And I think right. we saw that Chandler was completely serviceable as the backup five, despite not actually being a center, just like DeAndre, not actually being a center. We did pretty damn well with two guys not actually being centers playing centers. So if Jordan needs to play the backup five, um, have Pierre at the four, and then you figure and out let's the be other real, spots, like, it is what it is. If you look at Browns statistically, like he doesn't struggle with fouls at all. And I want to say, I'm looking at it right now, I want to say he played like over, he averaged over 30 minutes a game. 
So it's not like you're asking somebody like Jordan to go out sure. there and play 15, 20 minutes at a five either. Like, sure. yeah, Brown averaged 32 minutes a game and 33 games played last year. Like he's got that five spot pretty locked down. So I think it's uh, very possible that somebody like Jordan could slide in off the bench and have even a Pierre at a four or to your point, if you want to throw Leonard out there with Jones and Mills, like, but let's be real. We, we we're it's what middle of July, July 17th. We're talking mm-hmm. about a starting five. I mean, what last year we l- maybe led the country in different starting lineups. Like everybody on this yeah. team at some point or another is probably going to start for one reason or another. So yeah, it's probably not like we probably don't need to get too hung up on the starting five, but uh, it is fun to talk about. Yeah, of course. And not that this is like the end all be all, but Leonard actually just followed the Bluff City Media Twitter. So that's got to mean something. You're not out here following people on oh, Twitter if you're going to hit the portal, right? There you go. That just happened. That's- breaking news. Oh, yeah. I think he's, it actually happened he's, like a week ago, but yeah. He's locked in then. He is locked in. We just need him on campus. Get up here. What are you waiting on? You know what's funny? I know we Get were just talking City. about it's like hella early to talk about lineups and stuff like that. But there's a, a very good chance we get Carl Sharon Font in the in the two deep or in Ashton in the two deep. It's just fun to, to kind of work in some of the, the fresh. That is rookies. Carl is another guy that we've heard people that have been in practice, like especially in the defensive end. And we know how much Penny prioritizes defense sure. is just an absolute bulldog on that end of the floor. And if yeah, you're going to find a lot of size too, as a freshman, I mean, we've seen it with guys like Minot as a freshman, like as, as much as he did hustle wise offensively, like cutting to the basket and dot, like if you can, hang in there defensively you're as a freshman i think you're going to get minutes on a penny team for sure definitely and that you know i am all for seeing some freshman play but that kind of leads me to to one thing i wanted to talk about is the overwhelming number of people posting about the age of the tiger basketball team. it's getting it out ridiculous. of hand and it's not even just deandre it happened twice no. today yeah, was you it Slater? It. Slater tweeted it and said something about GTG, the Tigers are older than the Thunder, and posted the Thunder's roster, I think. And then Rothstein tweeted about yeah. it today, too. His was more of a just like as a factual, sure. hey, as it stands with this potential starting lineup, I think it was the average age was 23.8 years or something. Yeah, that's Which is, right. it is old. But to your point, like, who cares? Each is just a number, baby. Name one team that has won the national championship with 13 freshmen on the roster. It's never happened. Yeah. Okay. So don't act like the maturity and the experience doesn't matter and it's not beneficial. This is like the weirdest argument I think I've ever heard anyone ever make. I just don't know why it's such a topic. Okay. I found the Rothstein tweet. It it was, if the NCAA grants DeAndre Williams an additional year of eligibility – Projected starting fives, Cornerly, Mills, Jones, DeAndre, Jordan Brown, average age of 23.8 years on opening night. Now, that's not necessarily 
a negative way to say anything. I think he's just saying like factually that's they're going to be an old team, which is true. But if you read other people's comments, like it's like it's a negative thing. Man, I, I yeah. mean, in today's world, like this is the reality of it. You know, if you're not making the NBA, it makes more sense for guys to stick around at a program that's got NFL NIL benefits and make money playing in another year or two of college basketball than to go over to, I don't know, Lithuania and play over there. Yeah, I wish there was a way that was like you could easily track the average age of a team or something, you know, like whatever people are doing, just like data mining all the other teams. Cause I'm curious, there's got to be someone that's relatively close. What was it, 23.8? Yeah, 23.8. Yeah. Like one team is going to be 22, but like for some reason, they're not getting the conversation. Like no one's reaching out to them. No one, no one yeah. is saying the same thing about them. So, and maybe they are, and we just don't care. I would, I would, the blue I bubble. cannot. I cannot wait for Kim Palm though to update if DeAndre is back in our D1 experience. I mean, we have got to be like, we'd have to be number one in the country in D1 experience. Yeah. Or close. Oh, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, I mean, we, sure, I right? think we were top 10, I want to say last year in D1 mm-hmm. experience. I think, I mean, you'd got to be, you'd be up there this year. I think, I mean, yeah, we, that. We talked about it on last week's episode. It was like 30-some-odd games experience. or I don't even remember exactly what the stat was, but the roster is so experienced. And, and that's, again, not a problem. It's not a bad thing. Oh, it's so a I great don't know why thing. it gets it's a shunned thing. upon. Like, yeah. If anything, the road to championships is usually led by experienced players. So Yeah. I think it whatever. comes Give from, me the old team. I don't care. I think it comes from a place of fear of the opponents that stand in our way that are going to get demolished by these quote unquote old guys. Yeah. Like Calipari said, they're going to be a dangerous team and not because somebody's going to get hurt physically, but they're going to be hurt emotionally looking at that scoreboard teach. (laughs) Let's hope so. You know who I, I want to, I I want to two lane them because that's a verb. Now it's a for a 40 point win two lane them. An old 40 Berg. Yeah, I want to blow out FAU. Do you see oh these nerds on Twitter? Oh gosh, my why gosh. are they trying to make it a thing? I don't. This know. isn't I, a I, thing. I, I try not, not to respond to them because, like, I don't want them to feel. I mean, before this year, they hadn't games. they hadn't won a single NCAA tournament basketball game. They make one run to the Final Four, beating a 16 seed in the second round, and it's like, I mean, they should have been out round one or game one. Yeah, yeah. lucky. Kendrick threw a bad pass and then we weren't granted a timeout. Like it's not a thing. We're not rivals. There's one game. We gotta stop. Speaking of Florida Atlanta, did you see the video that came out of their painting renovation? Was that really their home arena, Jim? It's not even an arena. I can't even you can't use that word. That is too strong of a a noun for that. It's not they're not an arena. That is I mean, one hundred percent. That is a high school gymnasium. I mean, it could have been like MUS a high school. It could have been MUS for all I knew. I mean, there are arguably better gymnasiums in the city of Memphis at the high school level. Oh, one hundred. Where Florida Atlantic plays, Carville, Memphis, or Bartlett. I mean, I would all if I were them. Have been renovated. I would not be posting videos of that place publicly. 
I'd be embarrassed. It had the freaking drop downs like at the Germantown Athletic Club. Yeah, I mean, the what up. the Germantown Athletic Club may be nicer because you've got the the upper deck where you can cat, you know, you could walk <laughs> on the treadmill and watch the guys hoop. I mean, Florida Seri- Atlantic, that was Se- something else. Serious thing statement to anyone who's been to the Southwest gym. I think it's better than that FAU gym. I'm not even joking because you had that like giant walk around. Like I'm looking at the video again right now and it, it is wild. But hey, those beams up top that are painted red do look good. <laughs> they look I don't great. even understand the, the bragging right there. Whatever we're doing exactly what I said not to do. Like, I know. Stop it. We gotta. We're stop giving them the time of day, Tej, and we don't. They don't deserve it. I guess we gotta hate somebody with Houston leaving. I I would rather have an a, a rivalry with Arkansas State than FAU. I'm not even joking. FAU is so irrelevant. <sighs> oh goodness, goodness gracious. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will touch on a little football. With all the basketball going on, we've been behind the eight ball on the Untamed 24. Got a little football, a little conference realignment, and then we'll rate this dock side. So we'll see you on the other side. Bluff City NIL is an official partner with Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or at Coaching for Literacy on social media platforms. Your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So we thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause that is childhood literacy. up we're back tj with all this basketball stuff going on i mean it is non-stop 24 7 365 we've been a little behind on the uh hashtag untamed 24 uh, what do you want me to say sometimes basketball is life and it takes a precedent but to your point four dudes to cover right is that right? Did I miss? We got we got four untamed twenty four, and we got a portal edition for this year, right? Let's talk portal. That's true. Little uh, Jalen Thomas, D tackle out of Grambling. What is six two two eighty? But he started. We talked about this before we started. Teach. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago. He's a linebacker in what two twenty two thirty. That guy's put I, on sixty pounds in two years. I you literally think he could do that. I mean, 
Yeah, if you I'm talking six, me, yeah. No, I'm talking 60 pounds and good weight to play football. No, I'm absolutely. not talking you just sit around and just eat, teach. This nah. ain't no my 500-pound life. Yeah, dude. You give me a CeCe's Buffet a couple days a week, Taco Gross. Bell, Nachos Bell Grande. I could probably do it. It's not going to be good weight. But I had to check with multiple sources. To confirm. twenty, Jake. Yeah, because in, in 2021, he was 220. And I'm like, okay. This guy is coming in. He's going to be a rush end, right? He's probably going to get up to 230, 240, kind of, you know, 6'2", 240, kind of in that um, that Jalen Allen mold. Uh, and then Brian uh, Bemos over at Rivals posted that he's 280. And I'm like, 280? He so was just you, 220. Have, have you gotten confirmation that he is 280? Yes. He told Brian he is 280 pounds. So, all right, straight from the horse's mouth. How you, he is 280. Yeah, slapping on super duper weight. I don't even get it. Like, I'm I'm sitting here looking at Grambling's roster. He is D lineman, 6'2", 220 as a freshman. That is bananas to me. Whatever, go for it, son. Well. Good to add a little bit more depth to that D line, though. As much as uh, you know, hopefully getting up to QB, you're throwing guys in and out of there. Um, I don't think he probably won't be here till later in the summer, though, right? Or is this yeah, he's not yet on August? August. We are in August. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a little behind the curve. May not. Uh, may not get a whole lot of run this year, but good added depth uh, moving forward. Sure. All right, what about for uh, for this untamed 24 class? we got four guys. Uh, Tej, roll them off for me. Sure. We'll start off with Kobe Williams, 6'6", 300 pounds. Love that size. Hashtag, hashtag beef right there. Hashtag beef. Currently the number 73 interior offensive lineman. This guy actually has a lot of really good offers. If you kind of look at it, you're looking at – uh, Tulane, whatever you think about that, it just kind of puts you on par with Memphis. Uh, Oregon, Mizzou, Houston. So you got a couple power offers in there. Oregon coming real wild. This is a Mississippi kid. So Oregon coming all the way from the Pacific Northwest. There's got to be something there. Uh, I think that was a surprise. I'm not sure how many people expected him to commit to Memphis. Um, we're glad to have you, big fella. Come on aboard. That's one I Brady- hope you hold on to. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Brady Cluse, 6'3", 185. Babyface Brady, as I, as Trey and I like to call him. Bro, we got picture. A, Brady, <laughs> we got we to get you a new picture on uh, on your recruiting profile, my man. Brady, yeah. if you guys have it, just go look out for Brady Cluse. My guy is, he's a young one. Hashtag Brady Babyface is not a lie by Teach. Yeah, That's he's got a, it's just an old picture. Routine. It's just an old picture. Help my boy out. 6'3", 185, plays wide receiver. Uh, also played some safety, but I imagine at 6'3", he's probably going to play wide receiver for us. Definitely a big catch radius. Um, not too much film out there on him, so it's kind of hard to kind of watch a lot of him. But from everything you see, definitely a big catch radius, solid hand. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Jalen Charles, I think we skipped over him. He is more like the Jalen Allen, 6'4", 220, uh, Texas kid. I 
we'll be honest. I never heard of this guy. It has not even been on my radar. Just popped up and committed one day. I love it because he's from Texas. I think it's an automatic win anytime you get anyone from Texas. And I think that kind of holds true today. He doesn't have roster. bad offers, Tej. If you've looked at them, I mean, you got yeah, you got Navy out there, Cal, A State, Army, Air Force. I mean, you know, you got the service schools. You got a Cal out there, not terrible. Power Five offer, Tulsa on par. So, I mean, these, some of these guys we will uh, learn a little bit more about this year. But Towski Dove, Texas guy, Seth, Texas guy. Uh, Josh Ellison, who just came in from Oklahoma, or is it Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma, Texas guy. Eric Connor. They play uh, good ball down there in Texas. Yeah, I guess. Hey, speaking of, you know, before, you know what, Natalie Nice, Natalie and I started watching. We never watched it. Kind of embarrassed to say this, but what series we started watching the other day? Justified. No, Texas high school football. That's where this was coming from. I didn't know where you're going from it, dude. I was thinking out Wild West. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, baby. Can't lose, dude. It's Friday in the crowd. Lights. It's very it's good. Show. But it's Tim Riggins reminds me a lot of you, Teach. I guess because we have long hair. Yeah, it's just the hair. I mean, that's all that it is. Let me know. And the fullback capabilities. I think you could get down and be a lead blocker. <sighs> that's probably true. I, I, there's a, an important question coming up, but you're probably not there yet. I need to know who your quarterback is. Just when you get to it, let me know. I'm only in the first season. I don't – I mean, right now my only option is Matt Saracen. Okay, well, you're going to be put in a rough because, spot. Because Jason Street is paralyzed and Voodoo mm-hmm. Williams just went back home. So, and I'm all I'm in just, on Saracen. You're gonna you're gonna be that. That's how we kid. all are. He's a good kid. Don't worry, Vince is coming and he's gonna mess with you. So all right. Tough choice. Anyway, uh James Rex wrote six four two thirty tight end out of uh, Missouri, not highly ranked. I'll be honest, Missouri not the best high school football state. Um kind of hard to really grade out what you have there. His only offers are Memphis and Missouri State. Uh, so not the best of offers, but 6'4", 230 is good size. We've added a lot of beef, basically, at the tight end position as of late. This guy looks more like a receiving tight end, so kind of balances out what you're working with. Uh, he is the 84th overall uh, tight end, but it, again, it is very, very early. I think we'll probably see him pan out into the mid-70s. That's just kind of where we uh, – Typically, our sweet spot for tight end, that's where Arrington McRae was. That was Anthony Lanfear coming out of high school. It's just that sweet spot for the Tigers. Uh, and I think that is it. Have we touched that, buddy? Yeah, that's uh, all. For that it. is all. And if you haven't, uh, head over to blessedmedia.co. We got Blake Mayfield. He'll be, mm-hmm. uh, if you need to read any more about any of these recruits, what to expect, where they're rated, that kind of thing. Blake's got you covered. He's uh, breaking down all the commits as they come in. So head Definitely. Over there. Uh, teach on the other side of the football front, the coaching side. CBS Sports released their 2023 college football hot seat rankings. They do this every year. Rate the job security of all 133 Division One coaches. Uh, our boy Ryan. They've got a, a uh, 
numbered rating scale zero to five. Mm -hmm. Zero means untouchable. So that would be your Saban of the world. Five is win or be fired. And in between there are, you know, varying degrees of safe, secure. You need to show some improvement. Our boy Ryan was a one last year, which to me is very surprising, safe and secure. I'd have put him at a two, which is all good for now. Uh, Dennis Dodd has got our boy as a three this season, which means pressure is mounting. Mm. You in agreement with that? Because I don't, I think the pressure's mounted. It is saddled up and riding yeah. along. I want to say a four or even a five. Four is start improving now. Five is winner be fired. I think you're sitting at probably a four and a half, to be honest. Yeah. If we're being it, honest. A four and a quarter, honestly. Like it, it that it is I, I, how much more do you want? How much more time do you want? You're recruiting yeah. better than any coach ever has. Uh the schedule is relatively favorable in the grand scheme of things. Uh and I, I, I just you have I the just, the talented quarterback. Like I, I don't yeah. understand where things could fall off the wagon here. I just the pressure is mounting, it's there. So like not sure. even having it start improving now, to me, that means you could maybe win. They're saying like a seven win season is still okay. And I don't know that that given the schedule and where you're yeah. at, like I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, I mean that that 2020 season eight wins. You're like, okay, not exactly the year we want after the Cotton Bowl, but like it was a weird year. You only had like five practices. I get it. Whatever. You went 28 you days without up. playing a game. You had a party yeah. bus fiasco. Not bad. It was the problem COVID is that year. they they followed it up with the six and six year, and you're like, okay. Um, the hell was that? And you're like, all right, whatever. You know, you, you'll bounce. Which we back. gave the benefit of a doubt, given some injuries sure. that happened along the front line. You had some ball security issues, which yes, fall back on the coach. But hey, those two fumbles literally swung two games. So it could have been another eight win game, eight win season, whatever. And then there was last year. It was you a seven win falling, season. You can't be falling up six and six with six and six. Yeah, it, it ended up being a seven-win season with, with the bowl victory, but it was just more of the same. Everyone can we can all talk about the Houston loss over and over and over and over again. It felt so much like, not even like, I'd rather the, not talk about it. Well, I was gonna say it felt like the UTSA game before, but not even because it wasn't even like you were up a million points on UTSA. It was just well, you are you were back nothing. I, sure, but you could see that one slowly coming back. This all happened in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, you Houston. blinked, you blinked, and it was, it was unfathomable. So unreal. It was just more of the same, right? And as someone who typically who is a little bit more lenient with Ryan, like for me, it's a four seven five, like <laughs> as close to five as <laughs> that you is can shocking. Get. Like, I just be how glad much to hear that four seven five from you. <laughs> I just don't know how much time you need. And I, I think Ryan yeah. knows that. And I he mean, at this said point, himself. you've had the time you needed. It's do or die this year. Like, I, I can't, with the, it cannot be another mediocre season. Yeah. Like, and I, I think you, he knows that too. Yeah. I think everybody around knows it. And I, I think the team expects to compete for a, a conference title 
And I would say that that is the goal. Like that should be where we're at. Sure. Come November, we should be one and two in the conference looking to go to a conference title game. So let me get this from you. If we don't make the conference championship game for whatever reason, there's totally a, a, a path for that to occur. Maybe a lost two lane um, UTSA also, you know, it, it's some weird situation where the tigers end up third, but they are an eight or a nine win team. We don't expect Ryan to get fired, right? Yeah. He's you back. could, you could talk me in to being okay with nine. I would be fine with nine. Because again, some weird things could happen. Somebody could get hurt. He could play a game without Seth again and lose, you know, whatever. Sure. Eight, and I'm still like, your schedule has gotten significantly easier. Your toughest games are at home for the most part, with the exception of like at Missouri, which doesn't account into the American standings. So, like, I just, it's nine or more. Like even at eight, I'm, I'd be ready to. Let's get some new blood in here. Well, I'm gonna. I got bad news for you. The guy could probably win seven games, and he's still not gonna. Get I back. hate hearing that because, like, like, I just don't get what what the benefit. Well, of that, hear me like, out. the buyout drops to a, a million. Like, what is that? We can't. Like, let's just. Get it over with. Get out of here. I would I would I would generally agree. I think it's just come down to the point that you're still Memphis football. Like uh, you're not to the point where you can fire seven win coaches. This isn't Georgia. You say that in a negative on Mark tone, TJ. You're I just say it Memphis in the football. Sense, Don't put that on a shirt. My point that's was, worse than the age. Georgia with Mark Rick. Worse than the basketball team's like, age, TJ. We're, we're tired of winning nine and 10 games a year. So we're going to fire you, right? You're not, you're not that guy, pal. I, I just think it is wild to, to fire a winning coach. And I just don't think that they would do it. And, unless it was a situation where like you won seven games, but you lost to Bethune Cookman. You got embarrassed by Missouri. You got, blown out by Tulane and Boise and these teams that you are seen as on par with like in that instance yes you're going to have to you're going to have to make a change and at 7 wins i don't see them doing gosh, it gosh i want um, nothing if you win than... 6 if it's only 6 you got it it's just what, what are you talking about like you've got to stop if we get halfway through the year and we're 4 and 4 just call it i'm not doing it I mean, again this is got this see- is we need it. This has got to be a great year. Make a run. Get the fan base invigorated again. It's got to have. I want nothing more than for this staff to be successful. I can't. I'm not going to be able to. Sure. I'm not going to be able to do this show, TJ, throughout the fall <laughs> if we are the most mediocre team in America again. I'm not going to be able to do it. Look, I I get it. I said if I was in charge, I probably would have pulled the plug last year, right? You've got a new coach in theory uh, heading into Gosh, a half season the teams with we play have roster. football coaches. It's just, he yeah. can't, you can't win and six I, games. It just can't. Happen. I think that's, that's kind of why they brought him back, right? You're bringing in 
uh, against an, uh, a schedule without your hardest opponents. You have uh, Charlotte with the new coach, USF, new coach, North Texas. You got Tulane coach, and UAB, SMU at home. Coach. Like, yeah, like it, it's such a favorable thing. You are uh, it, the from everything that's out there. The athletic department really likes Ryan as a guy. Everyone likes him as a guy. You just can't let that jade you in a sense. So I personally would have made the decision, and I am a Ryan fan. I think he's a very nice guy. Um, I do think he could probably turn it around in that. I mean, at least eight, nine wins this year. We'll see what ends up happening, and I don't know. Let me ask you this. If, If Ryan goes on to win nine games this year, how many years does that buy him? Can he win seven the year after, or do you fire him at that point? Is he forever on the hot seat? If Seth comes back for a senior year, no, you can't yeah. win seven after that. You win nine this year and Seth comes back, you better win nine or more again. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Especially the way you're recruiting, right? And then bringing yeah. in these transfers. I, I don't think you can win nine and then take a step back. It's got to be on par or better. You got to continue to improve. Like, yeah. I think the only thing that buys him multiple years would be Ellie joining the show. For those of you at home, this is our cat that never comes out ever. <laughs> and that may be the first time TJ's ever seen her. And TJ has been I've, to my house a million times. <laughs> um, I think the only way that a season buys him multiple years is if it's like a 2019 season. I'm saying you go 12 and one, make an NY six, have a damn good showing. And then you probably get two. especially if Seth left, like after that, you're bringing a new quarterback. You have some guys turnover next year. You win seven, eight, you're probably fine, but you win nine this year. You got to win nine or more next year. It's it's funny you mentioned that. Like I do think that it's wild how much a New Year's Six bowl game in a conference championship will mean. So, like, let's say Memphis makes the run this year, and if you beat Boise and you win the American, there's a, a damn good chance you're going to make the the New Year's Six bowl. Like, I just don't know who else is going to be in front of you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you would have beaten State, Boise. Probably. I guess it could be uh, whatever out of the Mountain West. But if you beat, or I mean, if you beat Boise and they win the mountain west and you win the american it's gonna be you like exactly like we we just saw it with Tulane, right they were 31 wins in seven years under willie fritz and that's a coach that a lot of people look up to they think he's very talented but 31 wins in seven years is absurd and and now he's forever safe there i guess i mean he he could have two shitty years back to back and i still think he's probably safe right I mean, he had of, that he had that before he won the Cotton Bowl and he was safe. So yeah, he's and and, and maybe we shouldn't compare Tulane football to Memphis football, but Tulane's been good before. Memphis has been good before, so I don't I don't know why all of a sudden. I mean, it's been a damn long time since Tulane's been good, but yeah, I think what we said ninety eight was the last time they won a conference championship. Yeah, so it was back in back in Conference USA. Yep, ninety eight. So all that to say, Ryan could go on win the conference championship this year. Next year, whenever it is, you basically get a window, an extra year or two out of it. I mean, you basically, the clock starts ticking, like I'd say pretty heavily at this point, right? 
Yeah. As winner go home, man. No, that's a five. It's a four, seven, five on our end. Okay, so that's uh, what. Start improving improve- now or be fired. <laughs> start improving now and win more than you have previously. Look competitive. Like there's so many games where we just haven't really looked competitive. Focus, focus. What's going on? I mean, I feel like we've we've been in a lot of games. It's not like we get blown out weekend in and week out. We just shoot ourselves in the foot over and over again. Yeah. What are you going to do, man? All right. Uh, TJ's favorite topic time, a little conference realignment talk. Uh, TJ, the Big 12 media days was last week, and your mark yeah. was all over the place talking. Um. He was asked about uh, potentially adding like a bridge school or a partner for BYU out West. And essentially, TJ, he shot that down. So I know you, sure. he said previously the coast to coast, adding a fourth time zone. He's talked about teams being intentional, which we felt like was a shot at the Pac 12 teams that are kind of standing at the doorway waiting. Um, does that change kind of your thoughts or what you're thinking may happen that he's effectively said on the board right now, there is nothing. Let's see what the quote was. Nothing on the Western front in terms of potential expansion. There's nothing there on the board right now. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I've always thought it was going to be Colorado, Arizona. I think those are the schools that have been talking about it the most. They've been flirting with it the most. Colorado seems unanimously as as an option it, it's really is arizona arizona gonna bite are they gonna have to uh, pull in another team like is there's is there a, a dark horse in this whole conversation that perhaps we're not talking about someone in the pack that's like you know what i want out of here this is trash please get me out of here like th- this kliakov has not given any type of uh vote of confidence to anyone in that conference at this point. So I could see another team making the jump. I'm still going to stick with Arizona and Colorado. Um, but he did kind of say some things that you, I think you you were the one that sent it to me that kind of made it seem, seem like there was some, some hope out there for Memphis, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he said a couple of things. We talked about him last week. You had that uh, the check boxes, you know, around cultural fit, brand uh intentional wanting to be a part um so we'll see the other the other side the other coast of this a team that's been mentioned a lot today the uh, new haven register came out and said that u.s senator chris murphy made a statement to yukon and asked them to stay in the big east that's where they belong he went to law school at yukon um do you think that yukon listens to u.s senator chris murphy's pleads to not join the big 12 I mean, and does that change? Does that give Memphis hope from a basketball side? If they're UConn basketball queen, isn't going to come. Is Memphis the next option? I mean, I think if you're UConn and you have a real shot to go to the Big 12, like, I don't know what the Big East Conference, you know, what they're paying out in basketball. 
but isn't their football independent? Yeah. Like, uh, how much money are you making off any games? Like, it just financially it makes dramatically more sense to go to the Big Twelve if they want you to join. I don't care what a senator is telling me. Like, it doesn't. That does not. Was it going to stop donating money for some odd reason? Maybe because I'm going to a better conference. I got. That's fine unless he's donating twelve million dollars or some arbitrary, extremely large number. I don't think it really matters, right? Hmm. It just it feels like the coast to coast is dead. Yeah, for I, now. Your Mark has said some wild stuff. He has said everything this, under the sun. I don't even know what to believe anymore. Yeah, I it. So another thing he said about um, realignment. So this is this all happened on like the twelfth or thirteenth. It was in between our two recordings, so we didn't couldn't fully talk about it on the last episode. Um, but it didn't really point us in either direction. So he said we have a plan for expansion. I'm not really going to address it today. Hopefully, we can execute uh, execute that plan sooner rather than later. And then he later said, talking about non Power Five teams. If they create value and align good with our values and goals, that's a conversation worth having. And so it's like, oh, okay, wh- where are we going with this? Like, are you interested in a power five or not? Like, is it going to be Colorado and Memphis? Like, it wh- sounds like he's open to here? anything. Sure. I wouldn't hate I'm, Colorado and Memphis. No, I, of course we wouldn't hate it because we're Memphis, right? But you have to think of it like there's totally a scenario where Arizona's caught up in their feelings. Like, Hey, we've always been a PAC 12 team. So like, what are we talking about here? Like, I don't know if we're ready to leave. My girl, Arizona state is not confident. She wants to leave. We're going to stay and party a little longer. Exactly. They just want to hang out in the sun and just hang a party with Gronk forks up, whatever happens out there in Arizona. Forks up. Yeah, so bear down in the Pac-12, whatever. I, well, I can totally see a scenario where Colorado and then Memphis. I, I don't think it's likely just due to the fact that that seems like you really have to have Arizona being foolish, but here's to hoping, right? Yeah. He also mentioned last week during those media days that they are definitely looking to stay at least at 14, mm-hmm. but he is a believer in strength and numbers. So if there are two added say, come the fall, I don't think by any means that means that they're done. I think that's just another wave in the multiple waves that are coming. Sure. And and, and what worries me when you start talking about adding four teams, I guess, total to that is you would think more teams is going to equate to a higher chance for Memphis. And like mathematically, that's probably true. But also, I mean, it's definitely true. It worries me because I think that Arizona, or excuse me, that Washington and Oregon are, are completely options out there. Like I'm sure the pack or the uh, the Big Ten would rather have Oregon and Washington to kind of pair alongside UCLA and USC. But you know, it's going to get into a situation where it's just like who's going to steal who from whom, and then it gets into a wild world. Hopefully at Memphis the, is already at the end of the day when all of the rumble settles from conference realignment. TJ, are you of the belief that there will be four mega conferences, or do you think it will be two, the Big Ten, the SEC, and then everyone else? 
What do you mean by mega conference? Because that may change my answer. I'm just saying four, four that have like 30 teams apiece. Or do you think it's going to be mean, two where it's the SEC and the Big Ten and they have 20 to 25 apiece and everybody else is on their own? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the general idea is that the, the SEC and the Big Ten are just going to keep building and kind of you know, build out their own ridiculous um, roster of teams. And they're going to start going to networks and saying, hey, just talk to us too. And that, I've talked about this before. Like, There's totally a chance for those two conferences. Just say, I don't need to be a part of the NCAA. Like, We'll just be our own super college governing body. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they just become their own thing. And then you have this, this situation where everyone else is kind of left out into the middle of nowhere. And it sounds wild. It's almost like a dystopian college football future type of situation, but I could totally see it. Yeah. I, I mean, can't imagine. wait to look back at this in like five, six years <laughs> and see what we were talking about and what ended up happening and where I mean, Memphis name- falls and all of it. Name if I said name the top fifteen brands in college football. I'm just throwing out a random number. You're gonna tell me pretty much half the teams, more than half the teams in the SEC, and more than half the teams in the Big Ten, and then you're gonna get to like maybe some Big Twelve kind of sprinkled in there, and maybe I mean, depending ACC on where team. Oregon, yeah, like some ACC kind of depends where everything is. Like Florida State's a hot name. Where are they gonna fall? Yeah. It, it's wild, man. Shout out to Norville. Thanks for that yeah, game. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, oh, that's next year. I'm real excited. Might have to make that a beach trip and then journey on over to old Tallahassee. Ooh. It'll be interesting to see where we, if we end up. I think by the fall, we should have some, some knowledge of what's going on, hopefully. You know, your mark said it. There's, they've got a plan, and they hope to execute it sooner rather than later. So, uh, here's to hoping Memphis is a part of that plan. Amen. All right, Teach, let's jump into this doc side. I finished it like 20 minutes ago. It's good. I've had it before. It's a great summer beer, a wheat ale. We got 5.5 on the alcohol content. Um, it's a great summer brew. Sitting, I mean, it is what it says. You sitting on the dock of the bay drinking a dock side. That's a night worth it living watching the sunset or rise whenever i'm not going to judge whenever you drink your brews can we know what it is it's memphis made it's like all their others real for usual i'm going 6.5 on the can i do like the color Ah. scheme of it though i like the the light blue with the red in there it looks good definitely a good color scheme. I don't really understand how that plays along with Dockside, but whatever. I'm gonna say it's like a five five can. We've just talked about these cans. Nine, like yeah, they're all. The I don't same. know. I mean, it's a, it's it's all trash. Trash is a strong word. They're all the they're same. not good. But I have also a, had Dockside before, and it's delicious. This beer never beer. lets me down. Crushability scale high, very high. I'm going eight one on it, Tej. That's super fair. Um, this wasn't even hmm. that cold. Because we took so long to get started, and it was still enjoyable. Eight one is good. I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I'm thinking like seven nine because there's a maybe a little bit of maltiness that's, that's kind of in my mouth. The, that's basically the same. I agree. I agree. I just want to be a copycat. I like this beer a lot. Like, it, you know what? I get into conversations with a lot of people, 
we'll talk about breweries and the everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, that's a strong. 99% of people will say Memphis made is their least favorite brewery in Memphis. And I wow. always rebuttal with, have you had Dockside? Because this is one that stands out to me. I think this one's really good. And I think it could uh, maybe not say face, but like, are they coming from a perspective of it's their least favorite because they have to have a least favorite or they just like truly don't like it? I think it's a little bit of both because when you ask people about Memphis, somebody's got to be last. Well, yeah, someone always has to. Be Is it a bunch of people right? that have only ever had Andy's Mint? Is that what is happening? Oh, that could definitely deter you away. That from might it. be a, yeah, you, that needs to be a follow up question. Is what beer have you tried that sent you over the edge? So I, I think what happens is you you say Memphis made, people say, Oh yeah, fireside, that's really good in the fall. And that's where it ends, right? They don't they don't I don't know if anyone's had any other fireside or any other get, Memphis made beer. Get to both We've sides. Done a you couple, got the fireside and then the dock. You just need Only two because. sides. We need All to right, TJ. give them some love. I'm gonna, I'm gonna email them about these damn. Cans. Where's your, where's your beer bracket? Where are we? We're still waiting on Ghost River. It's coming. Oh soon. my god! I'm gonna try Ghost to have River. it wrapped up by the end of the month. Ghost River, get with it. We need TJ's end beer bracket. End of the month. Give it to the end of the month, guys. End of the month. All right, TJ. I can't wait to be back in studio with you next week. You guys tune in. We're in studio. Subscribe. The Real Live Studio with Kenny G on the ones and twos. Subscribe. Use TJ and Trey as your code. You get 10% off. Get over to blessingme.co. Check out on the bluff, Anthony St. Joe, all the Grizzly Bear Blue stuff. Summer League just wrapped up. Shout out to uh, Ball Sack Sports uh, sponsored athlete Imani Bates who won uh, the Summer League title tonight. So shout out there, former Tiger. Uh, we'll see you next week. Come with a cold beer. Stay for that takes. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Like and subscribe at Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports.